You know, as I've been recording my previous podcast, Forward Thinking Founders, I've always been wondering what happens in the psychology of a young Steve Jobs, a young Katrina Lake, a young Charles Hudson, before they've found any success yet, before they have any indicators that they will build giant companies or venture capital firms. And as I interviewed hundreds of founders on my podcast, Forward Thinking Founders, I just thought, how interesting would it be to get into the psyche and the psychology and the brain of these extremely high aptitude young people before they have found any element of success and the only person truly betting on them at the moment is themselves. So this is a podcast where I interview middle school, high school, college age, and recent grad aged people who want to break into tech that are very high aptitude, that are very intelligent. So we're going to be exploring what makes them tick, what they spend their time thinking about, how they think about the world, what they want to work on. And maybe, just maybe, out of some of the guests that I interviewed, they will become prolific founders and venture capitalists. And then we can go back to these episodes and say, this is what they were like before the success. This is Early Bets on the Forward Thinking Media Network. Let's get into today's episode. So, Syria, welcome to the show. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. I had a very, very productive day, but not super overwhelmingly busy like the last couple of weeks, which is just fantastic. I love having a clear head to do podcasts like this afterwards. So, I'm doing great. So, for you, let's start with kind of a Let's just start with a high-level intro. You can say whatever you want to say about what you're working on, what you're up to, where you go to school, where you don't go to school, et cetera. But it's for people that are listening that are like, who is this person that Matt is talking to? Can you just give us a little insight into who you are and what you're working on? Sure, sure. Uh, so I'm Surya. I'm from the Bay Area, specifically Cupertino. So um, basically everywhere I go, in the city, I can just see Apple buildings. Uh, like, like for example, like across the street from my house, there's an Apple building. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Surya. I'm a high school student. I'm 18, and um, I, I I go to this different program where I take uh, my high school courses at college at this community college. So technically, I'm I'm at a community college doing uh, a little bit more advanced classes. And uh, previously, I was at Renovo Auto, which is an autonomous vehicle company. Uh, we build middleware for certain companies. And um, I also did a little bit of research at uh, Berkeley AI, working with, with a professor in his lab. And uh, currently, I'm working on scaling AI for all. And um, yeah, <laughs> that's, I think that's pretty good background for me um i did so i'm in high school right now uh, a few years ago i also did robotics and hopefully i'll get back into robotics uh in the future as well um but yeah i'm, I'm interested in uh, ai in general robotics and uh yeah all right, so this is incredible because you said you're you're 18, you're a you're, you're a high school student, although taking some community college courses, but you're pretty much all about AI. 
uh, and you're, you know, you've worked in AI. You mentioned you built a neural neural layer for your company. Now you're scaling AI. How? I mean, one, when did you get interested in AI? And yeah, let's just start there. At what point were you like, I'm interested in AI. I'm gonna learn how to build AI. When, when was that? Um, well, I, I see that like AI or machine learning or deep learning in general. I just look at it as like a um, like a thing, like just like databases, right? Like just like SQL or or, or whatever. I just see AI as a tool. So um, I think, I mean, I didn't like get into AI just because of the of the hype and all that stuff. I, I got into AI because I actually needed it. Um, particularly two years ago, I was uh, doing a robotics competition, and basically we had to create a small self-driving uh, archery car. And I mean, it wasn't a small archery car. It was like it was like one by ten scale, so it was like um big as uh like a 27 inch monitor and uh for that we had to build a robot that could uh navigate a course and what i found out is that the only way i could do it is i could the only way i could do it is uh with uh, machine learning and that was because my raspberry pi it could not handle um computer vision stuff uh, because there's not enough CPU uh, memory stuff or memory uh, to do all the computer vision that I wanted to do. And what I could have done is I, I could have used computer vision, uh, but I didn't have the money at the time to get a better uh, server on the robot. So basically, machine learning was like the only tool I could use. Uh, to navigate the course, and I did, and uh, it turned out pretty well. So then let's back up a little bit more. So two years ago, you were doing robotics, and you had a challenge, and the solution to this challenge was building some machine learning AI stuff. So let's then back up even more. At what point did you get into robotics? I guess what I'm kind of what I'm kind of uh, getting towards is like you're already a fairly young person, um, but you have some gnarly skill sets. Uh, you know, you're you're doing like robotics, AI. Now you're scaling AI. I guess my question is, at what point in your life did you decide to become a technologist? And I guess um, the second question is, why did you start with robotics? Um, potentially, if that's what you started with, or what led you to robotics, yeah. uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's a great question. Um, so the, the area I live in, most people start coding um, very young. I mean, I've seen friends who started coding in like elementary school, middle school. Um, but for me, I started, um, Basically in high school, I started in ninth grade. I took an intro to like a Java class, and what really kicked off like my entire uh, addiction towards tech is when I went to Los Altos Hacks in 2017, January 2017, and well, I went to the hackathon. I went with a friend, and I didn't know how to code at all. Like I. I, I took an intro to Java class. I didn't do well in the class, and I was I was at the hackathon, and my friend was coding the entire thing. I I I, I didn't know how to code. I didn't know how to, I didn't know Java. I didn't even know what terminal was, and I was just sitting there at the hackathon, 
uh, like looking at all these, like a ton of technology. It was like an overload. Like IBM was doing something and then like another company was doing another thing. It was like Swift and like Expert. There's all this stuff at the hackathon. And I was just sitting there. I didn't know how to code and I just observed. And what I did is uh, after that hackathon, I did a little bit of work uh, afterwards, um, learning like Python, Java, a little bit more Java, and just expanding my skills a little bit more. And over time, what happened was uh, I went to another hackathon. I kept on learning more hackathons, and over time, I was also learning outside, um, outside of this whole, outside of both school and hackathons, and. By the end of like 2017, I was pretty good at coding, I would say. Uh, pretty good meaning like I was um, familiar enough to like uh, use other people's code or, or familiar enough so, so that I can just go to Google and search up some random thing so that I can use, use it in my code. Um, so I was like lukewarm familiar with code by the end of 2017 just by going to hackathons and doing a little bit of work outside. And then uh, how I got into robotics in particular was uh, kind of a weird story. Um, I'm not gonna get into all of it, but basically um, I came from, came from a different uh, middle school. So I didn't know that many people when I came to this high school. And when I went to the robotics team, um, I found out over time that there's a very bad culture at our robotics team. And um, not only that, but there's a huge history behind our robotics team as well. Like there was like a lot of weird stuff that was going on um, within, like for example, like normally high schools have one robotics team, but our high school had one robotics team at our school and like, like a, a rival robotics team made by our own school uh, like a mile down at like some shop. Um, anyway, it's really weird. But anyway, um, I got caught up in this like toxic culture within our robotics team and ended up leaving. And, but I still liked robotics, like robotics in general was pretty fun. And I also felt like the robotics we were doing at our high school, like the first robotics, like I don't want to offend anyone, but <laughs> I felt like it wasn't, um, it wasn't like hardcore enough. I felt like it was like, like a robotics, um, in a sense, because like, like they give you like a, I, I, at least from what I remember, it's like they give you uh, a certain set of tools, uh, a certain set of stuff to do, and they tell you to build it. And there's a, like a limit to creativity there. So I felt like both because of how robotics was structured and the fact that it wasn't a great working environment, I, I left. And I also felt like I needed to do robotics again. So what I did is I enrolled in uh, the International Robotics, International Autonomous Robot Ra Racing Competition in Canada. And it was like a thousand miles, a thousand kilometers away, or a thousand miles, I don't know. But it, it was a really long, long way away from, from my house. And the reason I wanted to join is because Georgia Tech was going to be there. And, and I also found out that the robotics, that competition in particular, um, allowed high school students. And you can have, and you can become or you, you didn't have to have more than one, one person in the team. So because I was a single high schooler and I wanted to compete, I decided to compete. And um, yeah, that's basically 
the backstory behind how I got into robotics and why I can why I uh, pursued it. So I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, which is very different from growing up in the Bay Area. And I I, I feel like people that don't grow up in the Bay Area feel like, um, at least like we watch movies like The Social Network, you know, and we just hear about, oh, like everyone there starts startups, everyone, you know, everyone can code, et cetera. But I'd love to hear from you on a spectrum of like one being like Phoenix, really, which means like pretty much no one codes, like at least in like early or very few people code to like social network where like everyone is coding and it, launching companies and it's just like that startup-y. Where would you say the reality is? Um, forget about the success Facebook had, but just like the, like, like the, mm-hmm. the that happened in that movie. Where, where would you say the Bay Area is in, in high school age? And then the second question I have is where would you put yourself on like the, on that own spectrum? Like, like Phoenix, are, like, are, are you closer to Phoenix or are you closer to like Mark Zuckerberg in your own opinion, living in the Bay Area, if that makes sense? Um, so to answer your first question, I would say on a level from one to zero or one to 10 or was it yeah, one to, to uh, social network? Uh, one, okay, one, one to ten, ten is cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I would say it's a ten. Yeah. Uh, that's what everyone says. Everyone says a ten, but in reality, it's around a seven. Uh, it's around. It's people say ten because uh, pretty much every single person I know, on on like their college apps or in general, they say they know how to code, but when it really comes to like do you really know how to code or are you just saying that it, it comes out to probably go six or a seven. And then, um, uh, what was your second question again? The second question. So yeah, that's helpful to know. And I have a few more questions in, in this, uh, kind of the growing up in the Bay area. Um, but the second question was, are you, you know, th- like there's a reason we got connected on Twitter. I don't know exactly when we did it, but like we did it for whatever reason. And like you're like, as we'll get into, are like a pretty impressive person building some cool stuff. Um, where where would you would you say you're almost like an anomaly of for your age, or are you like is there is there hundreds or thousands of people with your skill sets just hacking on different stuff in the Bay Area? I guess I'm just trying to understand what it's like being in high school, living up there, be having Apple across the street from you? Like, is everyone just hacking on stuff and building? And, um, and that's why the Bay Area is just the Bay Area? Um, so I'll go back to my point previously where I say like everyone says they're a 10, but in reality it's like a six or seven. Yeah. Um, right now, what I like, I think my personality has definitely changed over high school. And over time, I realized like, I shouldn't, um, like, like I, I shouldn't like start telling everyone I know how to code just to fit in. I should say I know how to code if I really know how to code. So basically what I do nowadays or most of the time is I code like a 10. Um, and like I code like a 10, but in reality, everyone's like a six, seven. So technically mm. I would say like on, I'm an, I'm an anomaly um, because I don't I don't want to say I know how to code unless I really know how to code. So um, yeah, I think I think I'm an anomaly uh, anom- anomaly uh, hmm. because of like 
all the people who've talked to me and, and they say like, oh, wow, you're, you're in high school. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I basically tried to like, yeah, I basically tried to be a tank. Something that I do that I, that I did when I was a little younger and still do and will probably always do is I, I do feel like, I mean, I, I'm not a coder, I guess, as a recent, I'm like a no coder, but like, I'm more of like a business person. Um, and I think I'm pretty good at business. And I feel like in some of those skills, I like could be like, you know, I might consider myself like high up on the scale as well. But something I always do is that whenever I meet someone new, I, I definitely am not like, oh, like I'm really good at this or very good at that. I really like downplay myself. And like when they ask, for right. intro, I give them like a line or two. And if they're interested, then they will ask more questions. And then that kind of like, I will like open up a little bit. But if they're like, oh, cool, right, right. whatever, then I'm like, all right, that's you're like, that's fine. If you're not interested in the two lines, you're not interested in the rest, which is fine. Like, I, I don't take offense to it, but I, I like that. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you're a 10, but you, you're not going around screaming that you're a 10 to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I something that's interesting to me that I experienced lightly, but I was still a little older, like a little older than you, is that you mentioned that you, you have all these people talking to you. And saying, oh, wow, you're, you're, you know, you're in high school, uh, you know, what you're doing is impressive. Like, I'm one of these people, too. Like, you're on this podcast. What, how do you, like, <laughs> how do you, um, like, your psychology, how do you, do you, how do you think about all of that? And do you, do you, do you tend to, like, feel like you're older than your age? Or how do you kind of have to, like, propel your maturity to mentally get to the level of these people? Or you're just being yourself? I guess, how do you manage or handle this maybe the attention that you're getting because of the skill set that you're that you're building and the projects that you're working on which we'll again we'll talk about in a second um well i think yeah so i do get a lot of compliments and um i don't i just feel like i'm being me i don't really feel like i'm i have to like act mature or i have to act a certain way um and, and for some odd reason like i don't take it more than face value like someone tells like like my manager at my internship and like the people when i was doing research with like they're all like oh wow you're in high school and and they're like oh how do you how do you do all this stuff like i i, I just take it at face value i don't like think too much about it like i i like i really appreciate it but i don't really internalize it um yeah that, that's that's yeah. how i feel no, that's good. I, I mean, it's definitely a good, good, good way to think about all of that. Um, the, the opposite of that is letting it go to your head, which is, which is not good at all. Um, cool. So yeah, you mentioned when you were introducing yourself that you are scaling AI. Um, can you tell me, do, can you tell me what that means? And you can go into as much as deep detail or as little detail as possible. But like, what does scaling AI mean? And what made you yeah. decide that you wanted to scale AI? I guess like let's talk about kind of one of your current projects. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, like I don't really like to use um, the term AI all the time because it's a little bit hyped up for now. And like even my tagline, scaling AI for all, I think I might have to change that. But basically, what I'm trying to say is um, like. Basically, what I feel like right now is going on is there's so much, like there's like an insane amount of development in the research space, in the academia space, sorry. Um, there's so much like, it's like insane how much stuff is being produced in the academia space or 
academia, yeah. But none of that is coming to fruition, right? There's like Stalgan too. That's insane, but like, how do you use it? How do you use it for the general consumer? Um, you have stuff like, uh, like you can make a movie with AI, but like, uh, you can't make a movie, but like you can make a lot of, like, like an insane, like, like insane creations and you can create insane art and, and you can do so many insane stuff, but that, that AI isn't being available to consumer, to regular consumers. What I'm trying to do is scaling AI for all. So that means, uh, taking what's been done in academia or taking a derivation of it and then scaling that for consumers. Um, so that they can use it for whatever whatever purposes they want. Um, so suppose you have style again too, right? I want like my mom to use it, or I want people to just use it like it's a like a tool. Um, and yeah, that's basically what I'm working on. So, can you paint the vision of of enabling? anyone to use AI for their own life? Like, is this, are you planning on, feel free to like, you don't have to go into all detail if you don't want to, but like, let's say me, for example, like I'm like on the mm -hmm. more technical end of the non-technical people, if that makes sense. Like I, I can't code, but I can do a lot right. of software. So would you, are you trying to build for like me? Or are you trying to build for even someone not as tech savvy as me? I guess, how, how are you going to enable the scaling of AI to people that don't already know the ones and the zeros of the, of the code. Like basically, um, I want to make it such that it's a tool. It's just like a very simple tool. Like, like ideally I want it just to flow just like you would use anything else. Like, uh, suppose you're, um, trying to crop out a background from a picture, right? You can go ahead and utilize some services or you can use, like you can uh, move your cursor around the, the, the head and then remove the background. But I want it such that you can press a button, button use whatever AI I provide or, or uh, scale and that's it, right? Just like, like a database, right? It, it's, like, it's like a thing, it's a tool. Right, you, databases are tools, and I feel like that hasn't come to AI for various reasons. And I feel like there's so much value that that's uh, available, but it's not being not being available to regular consumers. Um, so yeah, just uh, just like for like regular people, like not like non-technical at all. Like they can be anyone in the world. I feel like they should just be able to use it very simply that's powerful i i look forward to kind of seeing that come to fruition um uh, i mean if you we can dive deeper into it if you want but i also want to open it up um just on like a high on a high level um again feel free to dive deeper or go, step into the left or right direction and go into something else but like you're you're at a place you know, in life, in an age, in a location, which kind of exposes you to tons of different stuff. Um, and I'm kind of curious to know, what are some of the things that take up space in your brain? Obviously, AI, 
is some, you know, maybe this project that you're working on, like the scaling of AI. Is there any other technologies or problems or things that interest you that um, you spend time thinking about uh, whether or not you're working on a solution, just things that like pass through your brain every once in a while? I'd love to hear and just get a little insight into what you think about. Um, well, I mean, still, since I'm still in high school, like the only two things that I focus on is like the project I'm working on and schoolwork. Um, I think I don't really think there's anything else. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you think <laughs> so? It. So that's interesting because that I feel like a common trait in some entrepreneurs is like they're just ideas and they're able to execute on one idea but the thing that you know stabs them in the foot is like them getting another idea and be like oh like what about that like i, I can definitely subscribe to this um would you say like in almost this is called a like shiny object syndrome or whatever um is this something that you you don't really worry you don't deal with like are you pretty pretty are you a pretty focused person you would say um well actually i'm not I, yeah i'm not really that i mean i think i'm like somewhat focused um because i worked on this thing called rapid analytics um in november and december and i and it works but like it doesn't work to the extent that i want it to work and i haven't like uh published like uh, i haven't like advertised it too much um but that was like a project i was working on in november december and then this came the project i'm working on right now came along and at some point i was like working on both of them at the same time which is a very bad idea but like and then what i was thinking is like maybe i can switch to rapid analytics and then come back to my project but that didn't work out so i guess i'm, I'm pretty focused but like uh like for the thing i'm working on right now i've put so much time into it that i feel like there's like nothing else in the world that I could be focused on for now. Um, yeah. And do you, have you developed a, a, uh, I don't know, framework or I don't, I don't love the word framework, but you know, you mentioned you were mm -hmm. working on something in November, December. Now you're working on this. Do you have like a checklist in your head on when you like when something is worth working on, like if, if, um, or is it just kind of, or do you just work on what you're interested in? Um, I guess my, I guess my question is, are you methodological, methodological about what you work on? And like right now it's this and that's, it's strategic, et cetera. Or is that more of like, Oh, like right now I'm interested in scaling AI. So I'm going to work on scaling AI, but if in six months I'm interested in VR and I'm going to work on that, um, I guess, how do you think about how to spend your time as you're, you know, still, still early in your career? Um, I spend my time, I think, in the most uh, optimal way I find at the time. Um, like, Rapid Island, for example, it was for a specific purpose. Um, and at that time, it was, it sounded like the most optimal thing to do. Now, <clears throat> what I'm working on, I feel like it's the most optimal thing to do right now. Um, I just, I don't really have a mythology. I just do uh, whatever, whenever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't really feel like, uh, there's like, I, I don't even have a checklist. I just do whatever I feel like is best. Definitely. It, it, yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, and do you, uh, so you mentioned the two things that you're mainly focusing on now are, is, is scaling yeah. AI and your schoolwork. Do, do you, yep. do they ever conflict? Um, do you ever, do you ever feel like you just want to do, you just want to work on your project or your company all, all the time? Um, or do you have a healthy relationship between school and, uh, and your project? And my, th- my second question about that is, uh, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, you're a very capable person able to build and probably get any job, you know, you want in AI. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, like, what does the future look like for you? Um, you know, if you, I mean, come college, are you thinking about college? Are you more so going to just get a job somewhere else? Do you want to start your own thing? How do you think about the future? Um, well, yeah, I'm most likely going to go to a four-year college. Um, I don't know which one right now. Like, I've been talking to some people and they tell me, oh, you should, you should go to like these top colleges. And, uh, <laughs> I, I don't like, I think you've read the program I say about like hacking the school system. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So Unfortunately, I don't think I could hack the school system to the extent that I wish I would. Um, and because of that, I don't, like, I think I'll just go to like a, like a normal four-year college and then hopefully get a, get a master's degree at a, a slightly better college. Um, there are like, obviously like since I'm 18 or under 22, I'm obviously looking at like, uh, at a field fellowship, but um yeah I, I i'll have to like again like i just want to keep my options open so what i do normally is i i do sorry so so what i do is i apply to as many things as possible and even if they conflict then i decide what i should do right so suppose i get into four year and some miracle happens and i get into like accelerator or i get into some fellowship then I'll have to just weigh my options, right? So obviously, like, I'm not favorable for four year, but um, it's still, it's still my mind. Like, um, yeah, I, I, again, like, I've talked, I, I talked to some people and I don't know if there's tremendous value in a four year. I, I still have to decide that. I've, I've, I've figured it out. But what I can say so far is like, there's a lot of really, really good content online. Like I've been binge watching Stanford um, lectures, uh, specifically, I think there was like a Stanford, Stanford session about like, that where they had like a ton of uh, YC alumni and a bunch of business stuff. I've been binge watching it. It's so useful. Um, so I think the future school is definitely online, but it, for for my degree in particular, I have to uh, probably go for a four-year. Yeah, that makes sense. Are you are you are you referring to? Um, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of content on the internet with, with uh, like how to start a startup type stuff. Are you by chance referring yeah. specifically to the Stanford course in 2014, the How to Start a Startup 2014 class? Are you thinking of ones that are? Yep. Is it? Yeah. So that's so funny, man. That so when I first got into startups, five, I mean it's been five years. It was, it was 2015. Yeah, 
literally almost it's kind of interesting because i got into startups the day school got out my junior year of college that's great that makes that just makes me realize how old i am when i'm talking to you like you're so ahead of the curve it's crazy <laughs> um uh, <laughs> but i feel like I've, I've done good good stuff in five years but um but that is the that is the, the that's what got me in i i was into startups i struggled for a bit and i found that's how to start a startup that content is incredible like Holy shit. Yep. Like it's just that is the gold mine of startup knowledge and no one will ever compete with that. I th- honestly I don't think YC could even compete with themselves. Like what a great series of conver- uh, series of lectures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So you mentioned in there uh, you know, Peel Fellowship, you mentioned I think a couple other things, and it kind of brings up this new age of credentials with like the Teal Fellowship being a credential. Like if you're a Teal Fellow, you're kind of a badass. If you're a, pi- a pioneer is newer, but if you're like a pioneer, you're kind of a badass. If you are a YC alum, like bad, you know, all these things that are newer, but are valued by a lot of people. Do you, do you spend much time thinking about obtaining these newer credentials? Uh, I mean, just credentials in general. I mean, you're, you have skills right now. I'm curious, do you view credentials in a certain way? Do you want to get them? Do you care about them? I'm talking about more so like these newer types of credentials. What's your view on the new school credentials? Um, I think like the thing is that like with all this, these type of credentials, it's like what will happen if you move out of the valley? Like if I go to Bakersfield or if I go to like New York, like I don't think anyone will know what a field fellow is or what a y, what's YC, right? And like even in my school, like if I ask someone what's YC, like they won't know, right? So I think if you want to get specifically in the startup ecosystem, uh, then yeah, these these credentials are great. Um, but I think that will it'll take a long time for these credentials to matter outside of this very um, uh, honed in ecosystem. And yeah, like honestly, I wish I could get, uh, like, like for example, right? Uh, to be in the Valley to an extent, you have to have to go to Stanford, right? Like, there's a lot of people who've gone to Stanford at one point in their lives, and I feel like that's a pretty standard credential to have, uh, to to an extent. Um, and obviously, obviously, like, hopefully one day I'll, I'll start to be to get that. But yeah, I think the correct system is still like developing and um, yeah, well, I'll have to see how, how it goes. So it's so interesting you say that, that, that if you go somewhere else, the credentials matter less. And I totally agree. I live in Phoenix and no one gives a shit that I have any of it. Like, I mean, no, no one cares here about, but no one even knows what pioneers. Very few people know why see like, like no one cares. So I feel you on right. one side. But on the other side, what is kind of what the reason I think the why like I I put some weight into these credentials and why you know one day I'm like I might get one or two or whatever whatever happens maybe I created my own with the podcast who knows but like regardless it's because the internet has is is ha, almost has its own economy and although I live in Phoenix and I'm you know I'm in Phoenix right now. I'm digitally somewhere else. And like, that's pretty much like where I right. am really is like pretty much San Francisco. So 
Mm-hmm. I just think, and this doesn't to debunk your point. I totally agree, but it's just interesting what the internet is enabling. Is like I have my like pe- people are surprised to know that I don't live in SF, but I don't like I don't spend any time there, but I virtually do. So mm-hmm. like, so if I had a credential, it helped my virtual self more than my physical self. And is that is that like a we like? Is that is that the future? Like you almost virtual selves that don't that are kind of different from your physical self. Uh, do, you, do you kind of know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah, I know. What you mean. Like the thing is that um, it's like uh, again, it, it comes back to the startup ecosystem. It's like unless like you unless like you want to be in this ecosystem forever, it's hard to like validate yourself outside. Um, and I don't really know if it'll ever like, like I, I don't know if becoming a YC alumni will ever like be like a nationally recognized credential. But yeah, I, I definitely feel you when it comes to uh, like, like online credential, like online, like people know what your what the credentials are. And I feel like yeah, I, in a sense, I guess this will like produce like a new system of credentialism where. Like, it, like suppose there's like another pioneer, right? I feel like in the online space, that'll be like valuable to have like the, the other pioneer credential, but there will always be a disconnect like to the real world. So this, we're gonna get a little wacky for a second. So there, there's this um, quote by, I don't listen to this him much anymore, but I used to drink him up totally. Gary V, who pretty much, um, said it, he had there was this Gary Vaynerchuk said this like thing that's like parents are telling their kids to get off their phones and what he what Gary's saying is like we're not going back like we're not going to be on our phones and one day put them down we're only going to get closer to our right. phones until the phones are you know until the phones are glasses then you know then contact lenses then implants and whatever so and then and then if we're fusing with technology like that it makes me kind of wonder and that I'm not necessarily looking for an answer here it makes you wonder, like, mm-hmm. could the internet, like, online world become as important, if not more important than our physical worlds, especially if, like, remote work is, like, a bigger thing? Like, I don't like, I don't know. It's just kind of – it's something I spend a lot of time thinking about because I put stock on the internet. Like, not literally, but, I mean, I, spe- I, mean, I put time into Twitter. And I do this podcast, and, like, no one in Phoenix knows what the hell right. I'm doing, you know? So, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm just interested to see what will happen. Yeah, this is like some Black Mirror episode where <laughs> where um, everything is shifting online. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I feel like this will, like what we're jumping into is like, like you have multiple, you have two personalities where one is in real life and one is online. And the online one is, I guess, if you're in the startup ecosystem or if you're in the tech ecosystem, it's very useful. But in real life, uh, yeah, that yeah, this is this is a big topic to talk about. But yeah, I feel like if you're, <laughs> yeah. the, if you're in the right, if you're in the right ecosystem, the online one, will be, online one will be great. Um, and yeah, yeah. See, for me, we we we'll, we'll, we can switch topics in a, in just a second. But like for me, I just think it's it's I I like that I can be like I, I mean I don't think I'm a big deal like at all. Like I'm definitely not. But like I'm. 
I've like developed a certain level of clout, which like leads me to like be able to help some amount of people. Like I can connect people. I you know I have a decent network in San Francisco, et cetera. I feel like I'm like doing fine for myself. But in Phoenix, I'm a pretty much a nobody, and it's just kind of funny because like they got all these events, they got entrepreneurship, and I always want to be on panels and speak, and they're like, oh, like you're like. You know, um, you know, you haven't, I don't know. It's just like, they don't see the digital personality and I don't blame them for, I don't blame them yeah. for any of it. I'm just like, I think I can help this. Yeah. Be that's another, that's a whole nother podcast in Phoenix. But um, uh, anyways, um, anyways, okay. So what are some, so you answer your question on, uh, on different things that you're spending time thinking about which means, and your answer was like schoolwork and what you're working on now, which means you're very focused, which is good. But let's like, let me give you an opportunity to not be focused. Let's say your, your company or your project, whatever you want to call it that you're working on now, it gets bought out, you know, for enough money to make you take the deal, like a billion bucks. What are some, what are some things that you would work on next like what what just interests you even if you know nothing about it it could be vr it could be health tech it could be education what is what are some things you would do if you had you know unlimited time other than ai um yeah or like ai and like other than what you're doing now it can involve ai but i'm just kind of curious like are there any other technologies or you know kind of platform shifts that are happening that just interest you at all to potentially work on one day or are you really just like all in on what you're doing now and you don't nothing else really interests you at all which isn't a bad thing but i guess are there any technologies that pique your interest at all well i mean to be honest i'm not i don't have like too many uh, years of experience in, in the tech space so uh, i'm obviously like i'm pretty pretty uh novice to to like a lot of uh, a lot of the the field in general. So yeah, I don't really have experience or, or understanding to the level of interest of anything else other than like um, machine learning, um, infrastructure scaling, and uh, and autonomous vehicles. Like I think it's pretty like limited to to like what I know and what I'm interested in. So I think uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much all interested in what I'm working on right now. Yeah, no sweat. I actually, I have one question going back to, I guess your roots. I don't know if you'll have an answer, but um, I'm gonna ask anyways. So in regards to robotics, that's where you started. And then now you're doing more AI stuff. I'm kind of curious, it's, it's something I've always wondered, and I don't think I've ever asked anyone this on the on the podcast. So Boston Dynamics is like crushing it with robots. They're doing some crazy stuff. If you're listening and you don't know what Boston Dynamics is, you've probably seen a video of theirs of the robots doing that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure you've seen it, but just anyone listening, like you've probably seen a video of these robots doing crazy stuff. To, what, what, like, I don't know if this is like an offensive question uh, to them, but like, why do they exist? Like, it's not just for showmanship, right? Like they're, they're se- are they selling yeah. those robots or are they like, I don't know. Can you just educate me if you know the answer on like what they're doing in robotics? <sighs> Okay. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I mean, from what I've seen, they're helping uh, construction companies with st- small stuff, um, and they're like helping shipping and stuff like that. But I really feel like people are underestimating the rapid 
uh, acceleration in both in, in AI. I don't know about robotics, but I know definitely there's a huge acceleration in AI that people are not talking about. And that's why like, I, I have to like say whatever, like Elon, when he said that AI is dangerous, I definitely believe in that. Um, like, have you heard of reinforcement learning? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know yeah. what that means. That's, that's not AGI, so, right? That's not AGI, but like right. reinforcement learning, meta learning, like all this stuff, like I don't have too much experience because I don't have compute, but I definitely know that there's a, that, that like countries and, and uh, malicious companies or, or, or like organizations in general who have large access or who have access to large compute, that they can definitely do a lot of, lot of stuff that people aren't talking about. But in particular, like Boston Dynamics, they're, again, they're just automating uh, like labor away. And I think Naval was talking about this on the Joe Rogan podcast a while back. But I think that with this pace, uh, we'll come to a point where we don't need to do any legal work and we'll just focus on like really creative work. Um, because I think, I mean, at least with the paper going right now, I, I really believe that Boston Dynamics will, or at least in the robotics space, that companies will uh, create robots that can do these tasks very efficiently and very, um, and without error. And um, I mean, Boston Dynamics right now, they aren't using it for most use purposes, but I feel like there definitely can be a company that, that could do it for military purposes. And I feel like, yeah, I, I really think that a lot of stuff is really going to be automated away. Are you, are you familiar with um, Andoril? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one made by, uh, I forgot his name, but oh, it was, Lucky. I forgot, yeah, I forgot his name. Yeah, yeah, that guy, Palmer Lucky. And he was at Talent here, I think, before. So he was at, he started Oculus. And then he sold that. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, I yeah. just know that they're building. They're they're big on AI for sure. And they're. Um, yeah. I actually I had a perception of Palmer in my head because of the media. And then I listened to a couple of podcasts he's on, and I just like hate the media so much more because I'm just like this guy's a good good person. Like he's like chill and he has good good direction and vision. And it just, if it's just, if, I mean, anyway, I don't want to get into that, but I think it kind of sounds like Andoril would be an example of robots and AI being used for the, for military. Cause that's exactly who their customer is. Yeah. So like, so disregarding ethics, uh, I think Andrew is definitely like another uh, startup that makes sense because of what's going on in the robotics and AI field. And I really feel like Andrew could is definitely a, like a huge company in the future. Um, I don't know how how like how like big and and scary they'll be in the future, but I I think what they're doing in the technical at least technically is really nice. Or like, um, yeah, it's like it makes sense like what they're doing. For sure, yeah. If you if you're into that stuff, um, definitely check out one of the podcasts that Palmer was on. Just, just a, I, just a smart dude. And he's my, the fact that he's exactly my age just blows my mind. He's already he, like built Oculus, sold it. Now he's doing <laughs> mil, like what a what a what a guy. 
Well, cool. So we're running out of time. So I'm going to go to the last couple of questions. Um, so is there anything okay. that, so right now, like as mentioned, when we first started this, like kind of goal for this is people to get to know you a little bit. Maybe they think you're maybe whatever they reach out on Twitter, which we'll get your handle in a second. Um, but like, it's just to introduce you to the world and then people can follow you on your path, whatever you end up doing. Um, so I guess with that in mind, do you have any uh, thing that you want people to know about you or that you haven't said uh, that you want to say? And if so, like, let it be known. Um, anything about you, I don't know, anything that you feel like we didn't cover, uh, feel free to mention it now and we can definitely chat about it. Um, well, I, I um, hmm. You don't have to uh, say anything if you if you if you don't have anything that's yeah. fine. But if you have something, that's also chill. Well, I mean, I again, I'm I'm pretty focused on what I'm doing, so maybe I'll just talk about what I'm working on right now, um, and that's particularly in like uh, the infrastructure space. And um, I like what like so. There's a company called Octide Computer. Have you heard about it? Uh, no, I don't think so, no. So like Oxide computers, I, at least what, what I think they're doing is that they're uh, building servers for people to have at home. And I like that type of direction uh, because like, so first of all, like uh, I'm pretty sure you have some experience with Google Cloud, right? Or like cloud in general? Yep, very I'm familiar with how it works, yeah. Yeah, so like it's just like when I was looking at the prices a bit more carefully recently, like I just find it really insane that you're paying $30 a month for very small, like very small amounts of compute, like one CPU and like one gigabyte of RAM. Like what can you do with that? Like maybe you can host one website, but that definitely isn't, that definitely isn't worth $30 a month. So I feel like um, hopefully my vision is that a lot more people will start building like servers at home instead of relying on Google Cloud. And like right now, uh, for me, for example, I'm using uh, like a really old desktop that my dad, dad gave me and like three Raspberry Pis. Um, I'm using all those in parallel to like scale up, at, scale up like all the websites and all the services I'm running. And I feel like uh, it's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool that you can just host your own stuff on your own uh, old desktop and with using Docker, you can just run all this stuff at scale really reliably. And um, yeah, I, I really like uh, infrastructure stuff. And yeah. Yeah, that's, um, I can, I can imagine, it almost like sounds like decentralized servers almost, like instead of using Amazon's, you know, and spend, or, or Google's and spending the premium, just do it in your, in your garage you know, and sell that for less price, but still keep some profit. Uh, makes sense to me. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, uh, at least that's what, I, that's what I'm interested in right now. Um, yeah. That stuff and AI and robotics, a lot of stuff. I mean, it's really a vast space in all those spaces, but I really feel like, well, at least right now I'm interested in all of them. That's, that's good. I mean, right now, not even right at your age, but like, any age, whether you're my age, you're 35, you're, you know, any age, it's important to be interested in a lot of things. At the same time, 
be interested in a lot of things, but focus on a few. Because if you're doing too many things, then is you're diluting everything. That's like one of my. That's like one thing that I've been challenged with. Although I am getting better at it. Uh, well, cool. Well, my last question for you before we log off, and also before my computer dies, is how can the forward-thinking for, uh, founders community help you? You have, uh, you know, some stuff going on. Um, I don't know where you're at, like in regards to needing help with anything. Um, we can definitely get your Twitter handle in a second. Um, but is there any way that anyone listening can help you with anything, whether it's beta testing, giving you a follow, anything like that? Feel free to make an ask. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess giving you a follow, I think that's the best way to get connected with me. Um, I don't know, I guess just sending me an email. Like, I really like, really enjoy uh, people sending me email. Uh, and I really enjoy meeting people in real life. Um, I think, I mean, again, if you have any experience in any of the spaces, feel free to contact me anyway. Um, I'm not too, I mean, my experience is limited. I really like talking to people who have experience in these fields. So yeah, I, I would love to get in contact with anyone who has experience in like infrastructure, AI, or uh, autonomous vehicles, whatever. Awesome. And then the final question before we wrap it up is, can you uh, please drop your Twitter handle? If someone wants to follow you on Twitter, what's your name on Twitter or what's your handle so they can find you and give you a follow? Uh, my, name, my Twitter handle is Surya D, Surya D. Uh, or you can just uh, find it on S Dan, which is S as in Sam, D A N dot I O slash Twitter. Uh, that that's a short link to my Twitter anytime if I do change it. Um, but yeah, follow me, uh, DM me, whatever. <laughs> you should you should all follow him on Twitter. That's how I don't I don't how we get I don't know exactly how we got connected, but now we're like Twitter pals. We 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 tweet a lot, which is great. Um, that's, that's, that's how, like, that's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it happened, but glad it did. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Keep up what you're doing. Definitely down to have you back on, uh, you know, whenever, as you progress in what you're doing and just keep up the good work. 